Hello everyone and welcome to the Total Italian Football Women's Football Podcast with us all in the same place. And I say all because Kev's here as well. We're... My house. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are in Kev's front room having gotten up early, wasn't that early, but gotten up to watch Italy versus Sweden and it didn't go very well at all, <laughs> apart from maybe it's 10 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> um, I'm Ian Burns, Connor's also here. Hello. How are you? How am I? Yeah, after that. Doing better. <laughs> and Kev is here. Yeah. I'm how are you? Good. Yeah. It's nice to all be together. We don't know how much Kev's going to speak on this podcast, but he's we're in his house, so it was only polite to ask him to come on as well. Yeah, he was slightly in and out of the room during the game, just sort of in between goals. Yeah, Saying after, that, after it got to 3-0, I kind of felt yeah. uh, I'd seen enough. Mind you, it got to 3-0 within, I think it was six minutes. Oh, but game <laughs> one, yeah. Um, yeah, so <sighs> Italy started the game well, just about. Um, I mean, you could say they were on top for maybe 15 minutes. Might be slightly pushing it. Um, and then Sweden gradually came into it and then suddenly everything went wrong. All at the end of the first half, there was, I think, two goals from a corner in a row. Then another one that was sloppy. And then second half kicked off, another one from a corner that was identical to the first. That was within about four minutes, <laughs> second half starting. And then basically nothing happened for the entire rest of the game until a fifth goal right at the very end just to cap it all off um, and make everyone think of France <laughs> in Euro 2022. Um, in terms of the team, so we, we we said when we did after Argentina, we said surely she's going to go to a back three, um, three slash five, um, because Sweden are good and Italy are not as good as them. She didn't do that, did she? Well, she didn't, and... I think it's criminal to be honest with you because Sweden are a way better team than Italy are. Um, but there's there's a lot again, isn't there, with with the team? So I, I think it's right that Dragoni and Bakari started again. Or I said before this game that I personally wouldn't have started them. I was excited and happy to see them play, and I don't think they were at fault for anything today. I thought Dragoni in particular was quite bright again early on. But there's just a lot of problems, isn't there? Like. They're, once things start to go in midfield, they don't have a player that can keep the ball in that 11 um, because Juliana tries to get a little bit too ambitious and superhero everything. She likes taking shots. She likes trying to play passes that aren't necessarily on. Um, Ariana Caruso, again, and this is something that her coach at Juventus has told me, likes to try and do everything herself and, and not kind of maybe not kind of trust others as much mm. as she perhaps should. And Dragoni's a 16-year-old kid, and on the bench, you've got, you don't need me to say it, the, the best Italian midfielder and the I best really recycler of the ball <laughs> and the best presser as well to mm. win it back quickly. And we saw that when she came on. She didn't set the world alight, but Jada Gregi made a difference, and she was probably at least best midfielder from when she stepped on the pitch until the end of the game. The bar is low, fine, but... I don't know. There's 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 a lot about it. I'm looking at the team now and the shock was that Sofia Cantore started. Um I wasn't necessarily pleased when I saw that, but she was Italy's best player. Um I think we all kind of agree that she was probably Italy's best player. Vito did the ratings on total hyphen Italian football dot com as well and he went for it. 
two, six out of ten, by the way. It's not exactly <laughs> a very high rating, but there's a lot of fours in there that I'm looking at. Um, but I don't know. I, I just thought this game was crying out for uh, Linari, Salvai, and Lenzini back three. Sertorini's wing back on one side, bought in on the other, and then just a midfield that can keep the ball. And they didn't really manage to do that. Um, even the positives, though. Are we saying that they're positive? Because like for the first 20 minutes, Italy just did what Italy always do, which is have more of the ball than the opponents, but not do anything with it. They didn't have any chances, did they? Other than Cantore after 26 seconds, mm. that was it. That's a bit of a sliding doors moment now, isn't it? <laughs> if, if, if she had managed to score early on, um, it may not have been a 5-0 loss. Um, in terms of... Well, yeah, the Cantore thing was interesting because... It was it was one of them lineups where we were looking at it, and again, it was okay. It must be the same sort of system as Argentina, but that, that there was no real clue as to who was going to be where mm. within that system because Bonanzaire was on the right last time. This time, you, I think she was in the middle, wasn't she? I think Picaro was the most central of the three. Yeah, see, but then every now and then Cantori would pop up there as well. Yeah. So that, it was all very fluid. You start to wonder if it was too fluid actually um, but Bonanzaire not being on the right was definitely the right thing to do Cantori was much more effective there for the, the sort of the short bit of the game where Italy were vaguely effective because um, she, she was actually beating the defender and sort of yeah. getting to the byline which yeah. Bonanzaire won't give you um, but I don't know I'm just quite exasperated by it <laughs> I am too because it's predictable isn't it like mm. you know that before Italy play a game, you know that Bertolini is going to make some decisions that are odd and that don't make sense to most people. And she did it again today. And in the first half, when there was a, a set period where Bacardi was definitely the central of the three, and they were just like lobbing crosses into her mm. because, like, oh, well, this worked for the winner against, um, why can't I think of it? Argentina. Argentina. Um, yeah, it worked then because you had Cristiano Girelli, like, in in that position, not an 18-year-old kid who's really good with her feet and hasn't done anything in the air in her one year of being a professional footballer. But it did make me think again, why is Martina Piemonte not there if they're going to start putting crosses into the box? Because she has never lost a header in her life. Like, it, it's mad. But I don't know. It's really disheartening. Um, they'll probably still go through they should. A draw sends them through. They should be able to get a draw against South Africa, who are not going to be pushovers. Like they're a decent team, but yeah. Italy should have it in them. But now, I said in the post Argentina podcast that Italy aren't going to have their France moment. They fucking had a France moment now. They've they've been thumped five nil, and that killed them psychologically last year. And could you argue that this that France team was always more likely to tear them apart than this Sweden team were? So how do they bounce back from this? I think the the only redeeming element of this compared to the France one is that I wouldn't say Italy got ripped apart here. Mm. It was very much like th- this mad six, seven minutes where three goals went in, th- two of which were identical. And then the fourth goal was also identical to it. Um, whereas the France game, they were, they were just like completely ripped apart all over the pitch by a vastly superior team. Whereas... I think there were moments early in the game where this game could have gone in a different direction that was a lot more favourable to Italy. 
not in a way that they would have necessarily won, but they wouldn't have got whacked. Um, but... I so this is this is another example of where like we're seeing the same things, and you're putting a way more optimistic spin on it than my <laughs> take from it is. My take is that I'd rather be smashed in the way that France smashed them because they were just destroyed by pacey players against slow players and really mm-hmm. talented players um, against an aging defense. Whereas today was like to concede the same goal three times from a corner when you've got a tall goalkeeper, like if Laura Giuliani concedes that you think, okay, she's a little bit shorter, right? But Durante is big. Mm. You've got Salvai and Linari in there as well, who I know Sweden are a big team, but you shouldn't be getting beaten that often. And again, if you're playing against a team as big as Sweden, where set pieces are a threat, play Girelli mm. because she'll win headers. Like pop her on the front post, she'll clear most of them. There the was, front post was where the goals came from. I can't remember it? which one it was, but Cantore is just there. Like I think uh, that was the first one, wasn't it? Where Durante, Durante went over, climbs over. Yeah. Like there's a lot again, but there's there's not much new. You know, mm. the fact that they're so bad from set pieces. is Slightly novel, but I don't know, Kev. You were really impressed with the defending set pieces. You, were, piece as well. you were moaning at the corners. <laughs> yeah, well, I was moaning at the attempt. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm generalising because I've seen. Uh, well, hopefully, won't get this wrong. But man, sit next to me, Katie McCabe, yep. scoring from the <laughs> scoring from the corner. You best not get that wrong. And it did. Uh, it, 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 My it's ears just, perked up. There. Yeah, <laughs> it's just felt like I've seen more in swinging corners like right on top of the goalkeeper mm. than any yeah. other sort of level type of football that I've seen for a while. And when Sweden obviously their centre half scored two goals pretty sort of identical. There is an issue there with your um your defending that doesn't necessarily just seem uh you know like everybody's doing it but there's a there's a clear problem there for Italy. Mm. But it's interesting listening to you two sat here and saying like you're exasperated and because before, like when we sat down this morning, you were kind of like, "No, Sweden will, you know, Sweden will win," and that's it. But I suppose you're looking for, you're looking for a sign that they're going to do something unexpected at the World Cup. And I suppose any of the, any of the people supporting clubs, sorry, teams at mm. the World Cup, that are not amongst the favourites, you're looking for something unexpected. Because mm. you know, I know part of me feels like you would have been a bit. Eh, you get it done, you get it out of the way, and you've got. The, uh, I think you can obviously say if you agree or disagree with this, Bernsey, but my exasperation comes from the fact that there were there are problems in every Italy game that there are solutions for. Like Jada Greggi, Jada Greggi, Jada Greggi. I'm just going to keep saying <laughs> it, but she, she's the best midfielder Italy have. Bertolini doesn't play her. She can create chances, whereas a lot of that midfield can't, right? Caruso gets in and causes chances. She gets assists in a very different way. Juliana shoots too much. Um, and then there's the options that she didn't take to New Zealand, Martina Puante. Cristiano Girelli is on the bench. They could have solved some problems today by probably going with wing-backs and attacking Sweden in a slightly different way. They've, they've built this squad based on wing-backs because Sertorini and Lorna are there. And if they play with this current formation, they've basically got a, a 23 player or a 21 player squad because Leona and Sertorini can't play in that formation. So the fact that they just, they, Bertolini specifically, just won't open her eyes to what 
some of the obvious solutions are. That's why it's exhausting. And like early on, Italy started well, but did they? Because they didn't do anything. And we've seen it before. Teams are happy to just let them off the ball because they can't create anything. That that one chance they had at the start, but you know, the driving down the right wing and shooting. If that had gone in, you felt like because of the way the rest of the game played out, they were clearly looking for that mm. pass every time. And it was like, we want that to come off once and then we'll attempt to try and defend yeah. that lead. Um, but it was clear there wasn't really a plan B even after they went behind. Have we now like overhyped that chance as well? Because yeah, it was a half in, chance, wasn't no it? Choice, like, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it felt like you were surprised at how forward... You know, attacking, they went right at the start, and the fact it was Cantore as well. Yeah, you know, the the strike was a bit, you know, it was was easily saved, but it was more of a a shock that they're actually sort of on the front foot right from the start. I think my exasperation comes mainly from obviously we watch these players week in, week out, and we we know, I mean, I suppose this is often nearly everyone's frustration with international football is that. We've, we've watched these players and we know how good each of them individually can be and within their own teams. They all do brilliant stuff. And it's really frustrating when you put them all together and you can't understand why why they're not all doing that <laughs> just just together, which which is generally... I mean, the, the example that naturally comes to my head is like England when they had like the men's team, when they had Lampard, Scholes, Gerard, like all these mm-hmm. incredible midfielders, but nothing good ever happened. Um and you can't quite understand why these really good players just aren't being really good for Italy. And I think I'm, t- I'm too impatient to like to, to sort of watch them be disjointed. It's like, just, just do the really good things that you do for your clubs and it'll all be fine. It's difficult though, isn't it? Like, because there is such a rivalry now between Roma and Juve. To be fair, it doesn't seem like that has been carried over to the players the way that Mourinho Guardiola's Real Madrid and Barcelona yeah. did with Spain, where they hated each other for a while. But it it must be tough to to change like everything that you do to then be trying to do the same things with the people that you're usually trying to do it against, right? Mm. Especially when you're competing so regularly. Like Roma and Juve played against each other in the last two Coppa Italia finals. They played against each other in the Super Coppa final. They were the two teams that were in the title race in the last two years as well. Yeah, we're, we're sat here and we're waiting for France Brazil to, to start, and they're showing some highlights from the Brazil uh, game. And there's a fluidity, fluidity about those players as if they're together, uh, you know, and they, they've got more of that, you know, that sort of cohesion. Because, you know, you watch just those brief highlights of the Brazil, and then you've, you, you think back to what we watched a bit earlier today, and it is, it is a bit disjointed, and considering players a lot of the players do play you know whether it's two three four of them together you'd think there was a little bit more of an understanding there they don't seem to have the um another source of exasperation is even even had italy gone and uh, say won that game and they're through and you know that'd be all great and stuff and you know they they should still get through they're gonna play the usa or the Netherlands, by the sounds of it, oh, quite good. Even that. yeah, both possibly better than Sweden, but USA definitely, Netherlands possibly, um, and now you, you would assume that the USA are going to win their group. Um, I think they've got four points, and the Netherlands might also have four. But I just back 
America to win everything all the time. Um, and Italy, if they go through, it will be in second. Yeah. Um, that could be a frightening game of football. Um, and it's, it's, it's very hard to sort of, off the back of a 5-0 loss, even if they go and beat South Africa 2-0, that 5-0 loss, if you then go into a game against the USA, that's going to be like, how do you, how do you get yourself up for that? <laughs> That'd be yeah. absolutely horrible. Yeah, if the loss is just two or three nil, and then you get out with a, a little bit of of a, of a heavier beating in the knockout rounds, I think you can swallow that a little bit more easily. But there's every chance now that Italy get hammered twice from four games at this competition, and that uh, probably spells the end for Bertolini. But I don't think that's a great loss, to be honest. But I'm still confused about the formation because it's a back four. And then everything in front of that is a little bit more confusing for me. You seem that you have more of an understanding of it, but I'm not sure I agree. But what what do you think it is? I think the actual formation is four two three one. Um, that's sort of what it has been like, li- seemingly listed as by nearly everywhere um, for both games. But it it's. It's the, the the players within it are just seemingly doing whatever they want at any given moment at any given part of the attack, um, which can be great, but it's not great in this instance because they've scored one goal in two games, mm. and how many goals would you say they've looked like scoring? Maybe two, maybe three, <laughs> if you're being kind. I think three is very um, kind. I'm just thinking that. The offside goals, while they no. were very much offside, <laughs> we're not, yeah, we're not, but, but they were in an attacking enough position that someone had space to shoot. I think Jacinti had one today where I thought she looked like scoring when Cantore pulled it back for her. It wasn't an easy chance, but it looked like she might score. And honestly, in the Argentina game, I don't think there were any. Like Even the Girelli header was a very good header. It was mm. by no means like a, a certain goal. Oh. The just on what you were saying about um, two of the four games being beatings potentially, um, that's going to leave really mixed feelings because in in that scenario, Italy have gotten out of quite a tough group, yeah. um, which has to be seen as a good thing. But if fifty percent of your games are one's five nil and one is whatever may transpire in a knockout round against. L- like I was saying, likely the US, which is a very, very scary proposition because because they are very, very scary. Um, and I, I do, when you look at the, the the facial expressions for Italy when it went to three nil, like it almost looked like tearful. Yeah, um, they were really like shocked and quite scarred by what was what had suddenly happened because in the thirty ninth minute it was nil nil and they'd weren't really under any sort of major pressure um, and suddenly it's all gone and that could happen in an even more ruthless way against a team like the US and for a lot of players in the team again like we keep saying France will be in their minds where again it was the same facial expressions mm-hmm. of what on earth is ha- like how how can we possibly stop this from happening and the only way it stopped happening in this game was half time it was they were lucky it happened when it happened because yeah. it felt like it would have even in between those three goals, there was there was a couple of times where Sweden got into the box and got in behind. It it could have been more than three goals before half time. I wonder if so. Italy haven't played since that France game. 
any match wherein they've not had most of the ball. So we don't know what Italy look like when they're not having most of the ball for the entire game. So I do wonder if that might force Bertolini's hand and say, right, well, we just have to go with the back five and we just have to try and soak it up. And in that situation, Juventus are masters of that. Mm. So you've got who have you got? You've got Salvaia there. You've got Lenzini there. You've got Boatin there. You've got Caruso there. Girelli will probably play as a, like a defensive centre forward as well in that setup. So might that oddly suit them? And then if you've got Sertorini bombing down on the on the counter attack with, I don't know, I guess a Cantore as the nippy option as well up top. Maybe it works, but. I'm not very optimistic about this Italy team. I wasn't very optimistic about this Italy team before the tournament. I didn't think they'd get out of the group. That's not a reflection of the group's strength. It's more a reflection of my trust of this. Um, I don't want to say group of players because I, I think the group of players are capable of a lot more than what they're showing at the moment. But I'm just not sure that it's going to go well again. And I can't... Every time I start thinking something or start making a point, I end up just convincing myself while I'm speaking that it's all just going to end really badly again. Well, that's the thing. It, that, that's how it feels now with the South Africa game. Number one, we, we can't be treating it as, not that not we necessarily are, but we can't be treating it as a, they will definitely get what they need, mm-hmm. but they should get what they need. But it sort of feels like they'll get what they need. We celebrate the fact they got out of the group as a good achievement while knowing that something quite horrible is probably about to happen, <laughs> which is, is is a really sort of unpleasant way to have to view it. But I, I don't really see how you can view it any different unless you want to be really, really optimistic and say, you know, they'll dig in and get something credible in a round of 16 game. But based on what we've seen there, I, I, I don't know that they've got it in them unless they basically just be you, they like you're saying, where they may as well bring him on tomorrow as well because I was thinking this as well I, I'd i have him in as the Italy coach if he wanted it I'm not sure mm. if he does want it and I, I'm not sure if because Italy are a bit funny aren't they but because he's Australian Italian I'm not sure if they'd like that yeah. very much but I mean he speaks Italian brilliantly he is Italian but I just I don't know I think I would have him in though Oh, I can't even think about beyond. But yeah, like you say, you touched on it with Bertolini. Um, what what would be what would be the she has to go moment? I for think this? no. I would it be a battering in the, in around the sixteen game? But or? I'm. I think she has to go, and it's not a reflection on this tournament. It's just a reflection on what her Italy are, mm-hmm. and it's worse than they should be, and it's with no clear idea, with no clear plan. With no, like, after the Argentina game, I wrote that this is an Italy team that is in theory in transition, but your guess is as good as mine as to what they're transitioning into. Because you can see with the likes of Bacari Dragoni playing that there is a shift towards something that they weren't in 2019 and something that they weren't last summer. But it's still a bit of like a mix and match, isn't it? Like, there isn't a clear plan like when they play they're stale in possession but their plan isn't to go out and be stale in possession Mm. right it's it's very vague i don't really know there is a lot of just 
put these players on the pitch and see what they can do. And I don't think that's good enough anymore. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the the general trend is probably what you'd want, but it's it's glacial. Mm. Like it, it it feels like like how, how many tournaments are they going to have to do before, like they're really mixing it in the latter stages. Yeah. It feels like it that feels like four tournaments away at, at the current rate of progress, and that that's with nothing, no like major stuff going wrong in between of some of the players someone like Dragoni say say she doesn't turn out to be the player they're expecting um but yeah this has been quite negative isn't it? well i'm <laughs> gonna i'm gonna finish on a similar thought that i think i finished on last time which is last time i said i've never been more sure about what i'm about to say now i've never been more sure i'm even more sure now than i was a week ago that whatever Italy do in terms of shape they need to play with the <laughs> midfield three of Ariana Caruso Giada Greggi Manuela Giuliano and now Dragoni's also in there but in front of that three work the rest out after that mm. that four needs to be in the middle of the pitch because Giada Greggi just has to play and so do all of the others but she should be the first name on the team anyway I, I think that can do it yeah, um, I think so. Gonna go cry. <laughs> um, we yeah, go go to totalhypensunningfootball.com. There's the report well, report slash article from the uh, Vito's ratings. Um, there may be some post match comments as well. Um, um, yeah, South Africa next on when is that? Is that Monday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Wednesday. Um, and we'll have this again, hopefully in a slightly more positive manner, after that game. Say goodbye, friends. Bye, Bye friends. Bye, friends. Bye.